Back here on Sid and Friends in the morning on this Monday, exactly two weeks away from Christmas. Christmas two weeks from today, tonight, night five of Hanukkah. We light the menorah in the Rosenberg household every night. And of course, you know the guy coming up after me, 10 a.m. every weekday morning here on WABC. Also a monster star at Fox News where he does, of course, Fox and Friends in the morning and his own great show, One Nation, right after my buddy Mark Levin, 9 p.m. on Saturday nights. He's the man, the great Brian Kilmeade. Brian, good Monday morning, buddy. How are you? And Sid, don't forget your favorite book, which is Teddy and Booker T, right? I do love that book, yes. I know you're doing a whole bunch of uh, book (laughs) signings. You did one on Long Island last week. I do love that book. Thank you. No, I know. I mean, I was just, I just got back. Uh, I got back from, where was I? Oh, I was in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in Kentucky, and I began the weekend in Dayton. And I was going to see if you wanted to come, but it looks like you were booked up Saturday night, <laughs> all dressed up, a uh, big smile on your face with the former president of the United States that you've always believed would be the future president of the United States. Well, there's no doubt he was 45. He's going to be 47. And, uh, of course, Brian is talking about, which I've mentioned many times this morning, Gavin Wax's Young Republican Club. Big gala at Cipriani's in, uh, in New York City on Saturday night. And, yes, Donald Trump was in attendance, not just in attendance, but we sat back-to-back at dinner. We had a couple of great conversations. And during Trump's 65-minute speech which was a great speech. He referred to me, mentioned my name two or three times. So we are now at the point we're actually really good buddies, like all kidding aside. He actually called me over during dinner. I'm sitting next to Danielle. He leans over. He goes, come here. And he calls me over. He goes, I got to tell you, you really are a great guy. I swear to God, Brian, just like that. Then we took pictures together, talked some more. Then he went up on stage and delivered a great 65-minute speech. But but the big news is, is that he's killing in the polls, uh, again, the primary, that's over. Stop with DeSantis and Haley, it's over. And the question is, do you believe the polls that right now have Trump up double digits over Joe Biden? Yeah, listen to this. I don't know if you saw the CNN poll, but Georgia and Michigan, they just did. I don't know why they picked these two they are for registered voters. Trump is up 49-44 in Georgia which is a place where he is now fighting, you know, for his freedom because it's a criminal trial. And in Michigan, Trump is up 50 to 40. Both states he lost, as everybody knows, but won in 2016. So they went back and looked over it. And part of the reason is uh, Joe Biden's got 35 percent approval rating in Michigan, and 39 percent approval rating in Georgia. They have to have buyer's remorse there. Remember how insulting it was when they came out and said Jim Crow 2.0. And he said, really? All we're doing is getting rid of a few drop boxes and uh, getting rid of some crazy hours in drive-in voting, which is crazy without the pandemic why are you voting a family of five comes in in your chevy chevette and you sit there and hand in ballots can't be doing that everyone knew that was a lie and i think that was insulting to a lot of people in georgia i think that's part of it and i just think that fundamentally that is not a blue state so we'll see joe biden's approval rating at 37 percent overall i mean but here's the thing and and you're not going to like this hypothetical matchup biden haley Biden against Haley, 51 to 34. Trump wins by five. She wins by double digits, but she's not close to Trump right now. Right, I mean, nobody that, that, thinks I mean, she it, is. You know, I, I get so uh, frustrated. It's kind of like when you have like football 
and you go, well, the, 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 the team with the best chance to win the Super Bowl, you have to win the championship game first. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Haley's up by 90 points. It doesn't matter if DeSantis is up by 60 points. You don't get to the Super Bowl unless you win the conference championship. And right now, that game is not competitive. That is true. But DeSantis is roughly one or two. Trump is four or five. And for her to be in double digits, I think is noteworthy. I don't get it. I, I don't I don't know if she gets it. Like, how could that be? Not a huge Nikki Haley fan, but uh, good for her. It's not going to mean anything when Trump wins a primary, <laughs> but, but good for her. But I got to tell you, Brian, the more he spoke on Saturday night, he just makes sense. Forget about whether you like him, you don't like him, the criminal right. stuff, the, the tweets, all that nonsense over the years. You look at what Biden has done inside this country, inflation, strangling interest rates, the, you know, the, the border's uh, the worst, the border, the, the border's the, the worst, right, the, right, start right there, the border, and then all these world wars, and he must have said five times, Brian, on Saturday night, look, you're right, I'm friends with the guy from North Korea, I like the guy in China, I respect the guy in Russia, he goes, that's how you lead, you can't just get up every morning and go, I hate that guy, he's the enemy, and it worked for him, did it not? Well, the Russia uh, hoax, everyone thinks it hurt Trump. You know what it really hurt? It hurt the country. Because I think, I think uh, Vladimir Putin is the modern-day Stalin, no doubt about it. No question. So what you got to do with people like that is you have to watch him. You have to use leverage against him. But at the most part, you have to be able to deal with him. And every time Trump went to deal with Vladimir Putin on anything, they start saying collusion. Look at these buddies. What did they do to flip the election? And after a while, in the beginning, I think the Russians liked it. They liked American in turmoil. They liked the, everyone thinking that they had something to do with the election. Then they realized... They're being vastly overcharged and given way too much credit. They say, what are you talking about? I took out some Facebook ads. You know, we had some flash mobs, but we didn't tilt the election towards anyone. And at the beginning, they liked that praise. After a while, they go, wait a second. This is ridiculous. And it really hurt the country. And it further isolated the two countries. Now, keep in mind, Barack Obama was the one who just said, listen, I'm sorry about George Bush. Just show you what a great guy I am. I'm going to pull the missile defense out of Eastern Europe because I know that really bothers you. You know what he thought what that was? Weakness. And he ran or he went right through Barack Obama for the next eight years, including taking portions of Georgia and portions of Ukraine. So that's what you need. You need strength everywhere. Uh, I love what the president did. His finest, his best decision was Iran to go to go balls to the wall with Iran. I'm going to isolate you. We're going to if you even try to pursue our ships with your swift boats, we're taking them out. And he did shoot at him. They never did it again. And he isolated him and, and paved the ground for the Abraham Accords. And Kushner deserves so much credit for that. Mike Pompeo would say the same thing. This stuff worked. And what I think is happening, if CNN just closed the doors and had a meeting. And say, look, we make we have made Trump a joke for the last five years. We made him evil, mostly for the last two. We we painted this ugly picture, and his poll numbers are getting better. Can we admit that we are missing the boat, and nobody is listening? And start treating him fairly. Don't even treat him good. Just treat him fairly. Like he said on Saturday night, you know, every time they indict me. My poll numbers go up. They figured out, stop indicting me. And to your point, uh, this is uh, CNN, MSNBC. These are verbal indictments. 
And you're right. If they were honest about it, they would come to the conclusion, the realistic conclusion, which is he's actually pretty good. You know, um, when you think about uh, Trump's ratings, uh, approval ratings, and Biden's down to 37%, then you take it locally. Curtis Sliwa on this show last week, I mean, early in the week, broke this major story where some poll had Andrew Cuomo nearly doubling Eric Adams in a hypothetical race for mayor last week. I mean, here's a guy that left the governorship in uh, in shambles, right? I mean, you have people dying in nursing homes, bail reform. Supposedly, he touched a bunch of women who didn't want it. I mean, it couldn't end any uglier for Andrew Cuomo. And yet, yet, this poll last week had him doubling Mayor Eric Adams if the election was, I don't know, today. What does that say for the mayor, Brian Kilmeade, Eric Adams? couple of things. In a way, Eric Adams, in by doing the right thing, is alienating himself from the Democratic base. He's saying, I can't afford this. Whatever you think, he, you know, sanctuary cities, he could work hard to get rid of it. Okay, got it. The whole uh, right to shelter, he's got to pound that every day. But he is saying it. He's calling out the Democratic Party. He's saying this is a federal issue that has broken down. He's saying, I can't afford this. He said, I went to Washington. I got the door slammed on my face. I made no progress. We get, And he's coming out and saying this. But by doing that, he's losing his liberal base, paving the way for a guy like Governor Cuomo to say, I'll come in and do a better job. I don't know how he's going to do that because he had an opportunity to take on Joe Biden. He had an opportunity to stand up on these illegal immigration. He said, you have to have a heart. You got to put your hand out. That's who we are. We take your huddled masses. Yeah, we got a lot of huddled masses in every hotel in this city. And now we're telling yeah. cops, don't go to the cop cadets. Don't go to the academy. Fire departments go lose a truck. We're cutting out of, of, of the education division. Every everything's, And we're still in the red. So by him speaking up and doing what we think is the right thing, he's losing popularity. But I think his problem is he's halfway in. Go all the way in doing right thing and convince these people that he's making you're making your life better. Talk every day about getting rid of the sanctuary cities. Pressure the governor to do the same exact thing. Forget about getting a check from the federal government for housing. I don't want that. Just toss them out. Now we're offering incentives to get these people on a bus and get them out of here. There was a big story in the Daily News this uh, today, how we're just trying to make it clear we don't want you here, which is sound kind of mean, but we can't afford it. Is it are we for New Yorkers or are we for the United Nations in our streets and our hotels? We have to make the hard choice. New York first. That's it. So in closing, yeah, Brian Soto to the Yankees, Otani to the Dodgers. Yeah. Are we looking at a rematch of 1977, 1978, 1981, Yankee-Los Angeles-Dodger World Series? Well, let's see what the Yankees do with the, you know, we don't know these going hard for this other guy. They, they need to uh, the bolster their rotation, Sid. You know this more better than anybody. Uh, the, the Mets, I don't know what they're doing, but they got to do something. Severino is not the answer. Well, no, but, but, was worse but, Steve Co- but Steve Cohen did go to Japan. You're talking about Yamamoto, and it uh, looks yeah. like the Mets may have the inside track even over the Yankees to get him. Now, of course, the Yankees still are the Yankees. They got Soto. They got a better chance to win, so who knows where the kid signs. But Cohen did make an attempt. He was in Japan just two weeks ago, and we'll see. But uh, either way, you're right. 
right. Both teams, the Mets and the Yankees, need to bolster their rotation. Now, the Dodgers, Otani's not going to pitch this year. He's going to hit 40 home runs and hit 300, but he's not going to pitch this year. Oh, I did not know that. He said he's not going to pitch? No, he's out. He's got uh, Tommy John. He, uh, he injured himself during last season, so he will not pitch okay. again until 2025. Yeah, I mean, um, it's hard to imagine. I do remember, Sid, when we were first doing sports, people would make, I'll never forget this story. One day there'll be a $10 million player. <laughs> and remember that? I'll never forget it. And it could be Jose Canseco. And now we're looking at a $600, $700 million deal and you're talking about $70 million a year, it's insane that that is, might actually work for the Dodgers. When you look at what they're going to do with licensing and what the Dodgers are going to be like in Japan now, and uh, I guess when you look at the domestic attendance, let alone the wins, the problem is, and I know Stephen A. Smith got in trouble when he said it, he does not speak English. Right. And you need a guy that's going to sell the game. Michael Jordan sold the game. Aaron Judge can sell the game. You know, uh, Mike Trout can sell the game. When your best player maybe ever has made no effort to speak English, I think it's a problem. I agree with you. Now, the good news is they've still got guys like Mookie Betts and Freddie Re- Freeman. That is a ridiculous oh, Dodger personality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right about that, too. All right, so it's early in the week. We've got to wrap this up. It's only Monday. Do you start preparing for your great show 9 p.m. on Saturday night on Fox News One Nation, or is it too early in the week? No, no, we meet every day at 12.30, and this and today is going to be a little bit challenging because I'm doing Gutfeld and doing the five. Nice. And, yeah, so, you know, we're trying to get the word out. I got two live shows, one in Michigan, one in uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, that's when you go on stage and do a little with you and Bill O'Reilly do. And just, but I'll talk about all my books and we'll have a good time, and so I got to get pre- prepared for that. And then I finish with a flurry, and then I'm going to start Christmas shopping, uh, for people, so it's, it's a crazy sprint uh, to the end. I know, uh, us too. We got uh, 10 more shows, nine more after today. We work Friday the 22nd, and then we come back in 2024. Uh, as always, Brian Kilmeade, you're the absolute best. I love you. We'll do this once more before the new right. year. So have a great week. But have a great show. Can I end with a question? Sure. I was invited to the WABC Christmas party. Should I go, or is that just we have to invite him? Hopefully he turns it down. Yeah, I think it's the latter. <laughs> okay, good. So I'll politely decline. Brian, I love you, pal. Have a great week. We'll do it again next week. You're terrific. Thank you. All right. Stay within yourself, Sid. <laughs> I certainly will. There he is, the great Brian Kilmeade. Catch him after me right here on WABC, 10 a.m. every weekday morning. And, of course, Fox and Friends on Fox News and One Nation on Saturday nights. A lot more to come, including Steve Bannon. His debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning is coming up.